Did you know? Most older adults indicate that they would like to remain in their own home as they age. However, many haven't considered what modifications may be needed to safely age in place. In fact, most homes are not designed to safely age in place, especially when living with a chronic condition or mobility impairment. Home modifications may be needed to help maintain as much independence as possible. Hello everyone, I'm Cheryl Musial and welcome to My Care Advisors. In this episode, Aging in Place, Why Home Modifications Are Important, we are joined by Certified Aging in Place Specialist, Katie Dodd of LifeWise Clinical Home Modification. Welcome, Katie. It's such a pleasure to speak with you today. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm very happy to be here. So, Katie, when thinking of living independently and safely at home, especially as one ages, that term of aging in place is discussed quite a bit. So, can you please explain what is meant by aging in place? Sure. It is certainly a term that is thrown around a lot these days, but aging in place simply means being able to live in the place of your choosing safely and independently without losing your quality of life as you age. So Katie, can you explain what is meant by clinical home modifications? Sure. Clinical home modifications are home modifications that are done in tandem with a clinician, generally an occupational therapist or a physical therapist and a contractor. Um, When we evaluate an individual for home modification, the modifications have a basis in some type of clinical need of the individual, meaning that we look at both the personal, like diagnoses, the personal issues that are going on with the individual, so a diagnosis, that type of thing, and the environmental factors that affect their ability to live in the home, and we make recommendations specific to those needs. That makes perfect sense. And I was wondering... You mentioned about making those modifications in the home. What areas of the home do you find the most concern, especially for older adults and their caregivers? So our our, the biggest areas is um, access into and out of the home and bathroom accessibility. Um, Those are generally almost, I would say, 98% of the time, the, the issues that come up first and foremost. Um, The modifications in both of these areas can help individuals obtain increased independence as well as make things easier on caregivers. And just a little fun fact, the U.S. spends um, over $50 billion a year on medical costs related to both fatal and non-fatal injuries. So modifications that that can be done in these areas to make it easier on individuals, not only from a functionality standpoint, but also a safety standpoint, will be well worth it in the long run. So can you share a story working with an older adult, for example? Absolutely. I uh, I think back to when um, my grandfather was uh, still alive and he was aging pretty rapidly. He actually had a diagnosis of Parkinson's. And my mom, being a nurse, had recommended, and his wife is also, my grandmother is also a nurse, uh, to put some grab bars in um, the shower area to help him with stability. And he is a very proud man. And, you know, refused those, no, I'm fine, I got this, and had gotten up one evening or one time in the middle of the night, I should say, to go to the restroom and, you know, just lost his balance and ended up wedging himself between the wall and the toilet. And, you know, I I think anybody that has an aging parent has similar stories or something along the lines of, 
you know, when, you know, your, your parents fall and just simple little items that can be done to help prevent those things. Because we all know when we, when we see a loved one fall, you know, it's a collective gasp and, you know, what can we do to, you know, help them. And then there's the embarrassment on the side of, you know, the parent or the individual. So just simple little things. So in this, in this situation specifically, you know, just installing the grab bar would have made all the difference in the world. Um, so it doesn't have to be complex from, you know, the modifications themselves, I should say, don't have to be complex, just simple little things. But, you know, as conditions progress, it's probably best to look at more complex modifications. But I'll talk a little bit more about that here in a little bit. Oh, thanks, Katie. Thanks for sharing that story about your grandpa. And you're right so many times in what I hear all the time, in a moment, life changes. And yes. a simple little modification, like you said, could really help to make a big difference. Absolutely. So you mentioned other home modifications that really can make a big difference. And especially when you assess for that improved safety, can you just share a few of your thoughts on that? There are several low-cost modifications that can be made in the home. So the first one that we like to look at is lighting, using brighter bulbs, um, installing additional lighting in darker areas, either through a lamp or night lights, um, light paths at night. That you know, there's so much stuff now where you can find those little strip lights that you can place along, you know, the bottom of the baseboard that can help light the, you know, the hallways or the stairwells for that matter. Um, use wall switches to turn on lamps instead of having to lean down and turn on one of the switches, relocating light switches and plugs for easier access. For flooring, we always recommend removing trip hazards like throw rugs, cords, and clutter, replacing carpet with low pile, dense carpeting, or hard surface flooring, highlight any raised thresholds with brightly colored tape, use non-slip tile and no wax flooring products. If you go and you um, are looking at tile, there's actually a coefficient rating on tile. So if you talk to the suppliers about this, they'll help you identify tile that has uh, less slip. Curing area rugs with double-sided tape. Even as somebody in my 40s, I also secure, um, you know, all of my throw rugs with tape just because I happen to be a little anal retentive and don't like them moving around. For the stairwells, installing handrails on both sides of the stairs, also ensuring good lighting in the stairwells. Reflective tape is something that we've used consistently if it's hard to be able to delineate uh, between steps, you know, going up or down. Um, just putting a color strip right there at the edge can help ensure that the stairs have a smooth, um, non-slip surfaces. For the storage, uh, we always like to store items, uh, frequently used items at a height between your shoulders and knees. And this is all, you know, in the kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, and shower, installing pull-down shelving and hanging rods and closets, and then using lever-style door handles and O-ring pulls on cabinets and drawers. So just it's a long list of stuff, but it's little tiny things that can make all the difference in the world just from an, you know, an activities of daily living standpoint. Oh, these are such great tips, Katie, especially like you said, they're just really simple modifications that one may not think of that can really make a big difference. I agree also with the double-sided tape on rugs. <laughs> right? Right. I mean, it's it's really one of those things that you slip on a rug and out you go very quickly. So uh -huh. I I really like these these quick tips. And you mentioned earlier there's some other like larger recommendations for modifications such as doorways. Can you explain a little bit about entryways and some of the things to really think forward 
to to help with that accessibility? So when we're looking at entryways, there's a host of items that can be done. Now, it's all going to depend on several factors about the layout of the home, you know, how high it sits off the ground, the different entryways, um, that type of thing. But installing a ramp as, as a first option or what we see quite frequently is the installation of a ramp and installing one of these either in the garage or at the front door helps many people access their home without the obstacle of going up the stairs. Some, you know, it, it all depends on the individual. Again, I'm going to go back to that and what the preference is. The, the benefit or advantage to having a ramp in the garage is that it's going to be covered. And so the weathering won't um, be as big of a factor, obviously, when it's in the garage. However, if you have a smaller garage, it can be a little bit more of a challenge because of space limitations. So again, this is really going to come down to the individual. Um, the ADA standards for a ramp. Now, the, the ADA stuff, um, residential homes are not mandated by ADA. However, we still like to follow the standards for the most part. Um, and the standard for ADA ramps is 1 to 12 ratio, meaning for every 1 inch of rise, you will need 12 inches of ramp. So, for example, those who have 25 inches of rise to their front door will need 300 inches or 25 feet of ramp. Another option that we see in this, we've actually done this in several homes where space constraints are absolutely a, a large factor. So um, there's something called a VPL or a vertical platform lift. This is a great option for homes that set higher off the ground or have larger space constraints, like I said, where you know, let's say it's 30 or 60 inches off the ground and you, there's just no way you're going to be able to put 60 or 70 feet of ramp out of the front. So what we can do is put a vertical platform lift off to the side of the door where the entry is and the VPL will actually take an individual up to that door where they can transition off the lift and into the home. It's 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 a great, great option. We've used them several times when, again, space constraints are an issue. If the door has a large threshold, you can purchase a threshold ramp. It'll smooth the transition going into the home, if that makes sense. So it'll make that lift easier if there's a wheelchair or a walker of some type to get over that. Widening the doorway, something you hear very often, to 32 or 36 inches can allow those who depend on an assistive device to enter the home without any type of impediment. And then grab bars and handrails. Again, uh, we've we've installed several grab bars and handrails for individuals to get into the home. When doing this, however, I will add a caveat, you know, watch the individual and how they transition into the home or transfer into the home. And the way that they transfer, you know, if a grab bar, for instance, needs to be installed, you can watch that transfer and install the bars or the handrails where they're actually going to get into the home, if that makes sense. And the last one, a stair lift to the second level of the home or the lower level of the home, a stair lift is a great option uh, for that. You're right. It's just, it's so important for older adults and caregivers as they leave and enter back into the home to make sure that it's a safe entryway, safe exit to get to those doctor's appointments. Absolutely. And you don't think about it until you need it. That's always the thing with, you know, modifications in general is that, you know, you don't realize how important something is until you don't have access to it anymore. So Katie, I understand that bathrooms are particularly common sites of accidents. I know you mentioned that earlier with when you shared the story of your grandfather. 
And so I was wondering what type of modifications are recommended for the bathroom? Statistically, first of all, it is where, you know, hands down the most falls occur. And you can do everything from smaller modifications to larger modifications, just kind of some of the stuff I alluded to earlier. So at a very basic level, the installation of grab bars can make a huge difference. And this is great that, you know, for things like if you have you know, for instance, a leg is broken or something like that. But any any place that you have the ability to hold on to something, I'm always a huge fan of. I don't care how old you are. It's just a nice thing to have. Um, So grab bars, um, handheld showers, we install a ton of those. Um, so people have the ability to sit in the shower and they can move the shower head to where they're sitting if they do need to sit down. Wall-mounted wall shower seats, as uh, in lieu of doing the tub benches, a lot of times people don't like tub benches because they look very clinical. They can be kind of cumbersome, especially if you have a smaller space to move that thing in and out. So some people opt for, you know, the wall mounted uh, shower or the wall mounted seat that will install on in the back wall of the shower or the side wall of the shower where you can flip up and flip down to get out of the way and sit on while showering. Um, comfort height or wall-mounted toilets uh, to get that additional height um, when toileting. Uh, slope vanities for individuals that are in some type of wheelchair or who are in a wheelchair or uh, need to sit while doing um, any type of, you know, just getting ready activities. Widen doorways, back to what I was talking about earlier. Um, having wider doorways is great when you are using any type of assisted, assistive device. And then the thing that we do more often than anything is the barrier-free showers. So taking out that existing tub, putting in a low barrier or no barrier shower so people can transition into the shower without any type of barrier in the way and be able to have um, more independence for themselves while showering. And it's also great if the individual doesn't have full independence in the shower to perform the activities of bathing. It's great for caregivers as well because it, it allows caregivers when being inside of the barrier-free showers to keep both feet on the ground, um, which is a lot more safe in the long run if you think about it versus having to put a foot up and, and potentially risk that fall. So Katie, let's discuss the place where we all typically spend a good deal of time in the kitchen. So what are the type of modifications that you recommend for this space? The kitchen is generally not the first area people consider when making accessibility updates, but there are plenty of ways to make the space more functional for older adults with chronic conditions or cognitive impairments. So some examples of things that can be done um, is to add vari variable height countertops for seated workspaces, add appliances that have front or top mounted controls, add automatic sh uh, stove shutoffs for those with cognitive issues, um, place the microwave at countertop height or place it um, below. We've actually had several of our clients um, essentially install a cubby hole uh, that's at knee height, so they can stick their microwave down there if they don't want people to see it. But it's also nice if you are using the microwave from a seated position, uh, raise the dishwasher. This is something that my parents did, I want to say 30 years ago now, and everybody thinks it's like this great marvel, like, oh my gosh, what a great idea. You moved your dishwasher up so you don't have to bend and stretch and break your back to put stuff into the dishwasher and get it out. 
And um, the other one is install pull-down shelving and full extension drawers. Um, for those high shelves, I'm not a very tall person myself. So to have essentially a shelf that goes inside of a cabinet and you can pull it down and get to items that you commonly access. So those are some few, those are a few examples. Excellent. I love the idea about the dishwasher being a right? higher. It makes total sense. Uh-huh. I don't know why we always haven't done it that way. You know, I just think it's kind of one of those afterthoughts. And I would also say that a lot of homes aren't, unfortunately, and I'll talk about this in a little bit too, just these older homes and there just isn't the space. And so totally, I I absolutely am a huge proponent of every home having a raised dishwasher. So where does one start? I mean, you mentioned some helpful tips and maybe some other resources that we could look at and just to live more safely and independently. So what are a few of your top tips that you like to share? So there are several different tips, but I would say, you know, as aging in place in general, that, you know, the the term itself and, you know, more and more people wanting to remain at home, there are a host of companies out there that that provide home assessments for individuals that are just looking at basic items that they can update in the home to help them stay there long-term. So I would say, you know, get on Google and look around, you know, your local area for individuals that perform home assessments for safety. There is also um, online, and this is our um, VP of clinical operations. Her name's Debbie Hartzler. She's a huge proponent before we built our own tool, um, Rebuilding Together. Um, I believe they're part of Habitat for Humanity and most uh, local Uh, outfits have their own rebuilding together in their local area, but they have a whole uh, checklist that you can use if you search it online. Rebuilding Together has one. I believe AARP also has one. The CDC as well has a home self-assessment. So if you're not wanting to go out and say, have somebody come in your home for, you know, whatever reason, you can utilize all three of those websites um, as tools for doing your own home assessment. Well, thank you, Katie, for joining us today and sharing why home modifications are important, especially as one ages and also at any age, it sounds like. Yes, absolutely. Well, I was wondering if you'd like to share any final thoughts for our listeners, especially for home modifications and aging in place. Sure. Um I would say that that home is a place that people ultimately want to be as they age. So anything you can do to prepare in advance of health and mobility changes is recommended. I've always said that people do not think about their homes like they do their finances. So they don't plan accordingly and wait until some health event happens instead. So I kind of call it, you know, being in the midst of what I would, would say is medical mayhem where, you know, you're trying to arrange for all these different services as well as, you know, figure out how you're going to get your loved one back in the home when it's not accessible. Less than 5% of the housing stock in the United States is accessible to someone with even a moderate mobility issue. And, you know, thinking about the implications of that is pretty, you know, mind-blowing. So again, anything you can do to prepare in advance, if you are in fact in the home that you want to stay in, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of and recommend highly. Thank you, Katie, for sharing with our listeners why home modifications are important, especially as one ages. To view resources, show notes, and access more MyCare Advisors episodes, visit MyCareAdvisors.com. You can also subscribe and listen to our podcast on your favorite app. I leave you with this thought. Home is where love resides. Memories are created. 
friends always belong, and laughter never ends. Choose to be inspired to live the best life every day. Thank you for listening. We are grateful to be your guide.